Parsons. And I'm Shauna West. Welcome to the Creative Exponent Podcast. This is a place where we talk about discovering, upholding, and sharing your creativity. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Creative Exponent Podcast. And today, we're really excited because, we, first of all, we have a rarity in that we have a male guest. <laughs> right. Which is, awesome. We just, Always great. You're like, I'm great. I'm in you're it. number two when it, wow. when it comes to that. Okay. Uh, but we have we have Scott Erickson here, which if you don't if you're not familiar with his work, you're in just in for such a treat. Both Sean yes. and I really enjoyed um, reading his new book that's coming out, as well as just getting to know him a bit more through Instagram. So we're going to yeah. talk about his creative journey and that book and so many things. Of, <laughs> yes, I feel like we could talk for hours. So we're going to try to just that's right. pack a lot in. That's right. <laughs> So Scott, we're going to get into your book, but I, can you just, in a nutshell, like for people who have never heard of you, who, who is Scott Erickson? Which is right. most of your audience. That's great. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. No. Um, my, uh, so my name is Scott Erickson. Uh, I'm often known as Scott the Painter because that's my Instagram and social media handle. Um, mm-hmm. I am, I make my living as a professional artist, which a lot of people scratch their head when I say that. So how I describe mm-hmm. it is like, there's three things that I focus on that become avenues of revenue, which is I'm a painter illustrator. So I make, and I sell work. Um, I'm an author and say yes is my fourth book, which is a tremendous privilege. And then I like to keep doing that as well. And then yeah. finally I'm I do these performance art uh, shows, uh, these kind of like one man show, TED talk, art show, comedy, sing along mm-hmm. um, extravaganzas that uh, that is fairly new for me. I mean, it's only been a few years, but um, yeah. that is something that I keep that I'd like to even pursue more. As, so that's kind of yeah. where I've been heading. Yeah. So cool. Well, you mentioned this before we started recording that like what you do is really like you don't really have competition because you're sort of paving the way, I guess. Yeah. So, if anybody wants to follow, that's the question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the road is po- is paved if this is what you want yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. But I'd love to hear you talk about that. Like how, cause that's, I think that's very brave yes. to say like, well, nobody's doing this right now, but that's okay. I'm just going to go ahead and kind of feel it out as I go. So yeah. I'd, I'd love for you to share like, there's all of how it. you're doing yeah, that. There's, yeah. there's two things that come to mind when we talk about this. Um, one is that I've been a practicing artist for um, almost 20 years. So yeah. I, um, it, it's not like I just showed up, you know, like I've yeah. been slowly working on this and most of that time has been like in obscurity and yeah. um, I do think why, why you're speaking to me now is because uh kind of a lot of the groundwork of developing um, a visual vocabulary and this, all the things that I've been doing is that when the technology of Instagram, Facebook, and but more so Instagram came around, all of a sudden, like what I was doing fit really well with that medium. And yeah. when I got real specific mm-hmm. with how I wanted to uh, interact and what I wanted to put on there, then it has slowly uh, grown and, and, yeah. and worked really. And so now people are like, Oh, well, it makes sense. But it's like for the longest time that medium wasn't there. So it was just like, where did you share that stuff? 
Yeah. Um, my journey has been, I grew up in the Protestant faith tradition, which has like no visual language. So I always felt like an outsider and a weirdo. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until after high school, I, I lived a year in France. I lived in this city called Strasbourg and I lived three uh, blocks from this cathedral and I went to the cathedral every day. And the yeah. cathedral is, well, it's a lot of things at the same time, but it, it, uh, it um, you don't have a lot of words because when it was built, most of the yeah. population was illiterate. And so yeah. what you have is a visual representation of these ideas and the, say the story of the gospel, the story of the scriptures. And it really impacted me spending so much time with that going. And then and that a deep question in, inside of me was, well, what does it look like now for an artist to, to I guess, partner with like people's spiritual journeys? Like, um, mm -hmm. I don't think the goal is that we should make cathedrals again because they would cost like a billion dollars although if you go to dallas there's quite a few <laughs> i think people are still trying to build cathedrals right yeah mo mostly in their own name um but <laughs> leave it to the text yeah uh, but uh there's one with an aquarium and it's nuts um oh. <laughs> I don't want to have to turn those receipts in at the end of my life. But uh, no. but I was like, I think what I can do is offer um, a visual vocabulary for people's spiritual journeys. And that yeah. took it took me a long time to synthesize that sentence. And yeah. and and then the, so I said that there's two things. So that's that's kind of this journey. It was like I started on this, I've been doing it for almost two decades. Um, and worked with a number of different things. I, I used to be a yeah. touring live painter, not how we were talking about, uh, yeah. but in a different <laughs> form. But I did that at the conference and church circuits and stuff like that. But yeah. then um, what happened is uh, I'm in my mid 40s now. Uh, yeah. In my late 30s, we were in Portland. I got off, I worked at this design agency. I was laid off. Um, not by my own fault. They just, they, they dissolved in a year. They were, they weren't doing yeah. well. Um, just making it clear yeah. that was, it was not Scott. I, no. did, I did some, I did some freelance work. I had a studio in downtown Portland and then that in a way, and I uh, found myself um, some friends who like had this small church gave me a section of their basement. I didn't even go mm -hmm. to their church. They're just like, you can use this as your studio. I built out a little studio space. There was no mm -hmm. windows. They kept their trash down there once a week. So it oh. smelled like garbage uh, <laughs> a little bit every now and then. And then, um, and I just in that studio, in that little space, and I was only there for like six months before I moved to another space, but in that space, um, which I would like to call obscurity, it's when you're, <laughs> it's when you're in obscurity is that you find your voice. Um, and mm. the question in that studio with no windows was, what do you want to talk about? Mm. Scott, what, mm. what do you want to talk about? And I, as I sat with that question all by myself, the, the answers were, I hate how people talk about God in this culture I live in because it makes no mm. sense to me. Mm. So I want to talk about the divine differently. Uh, I want, I don't like any of the art, <laughs> or at least a lot of it. And I, I feel like I want to make something that contextually makes sense about the kind of experiences we're all having, but we don't have yeah. no visual vocabulary for. And then, yeah. and then I was like, and I want to make weird liturgies, which it, that, that is meaning a liturgy is just something that we put together kind of like a ritual or a ceremony. Mm -hmm. And 
weird meant why do we only talk about certain things in sacred spaces but we leave a whole like it seems like we leave a whole section of life out which is absurd and crass mm -hmm. and messy and maybe a lot of bodily fluids you know right and like, right things like that and and i was like i want to and that which came from like having an experience uh i was at this <laughs> i don't know when we need to stop i can keep going story after story, oh. but like I had this experience where I, I got asked to speak at this like Christian arts conference. I was just on this panel for like an hour. That's my only participation. But as so I got to go to this conference and it was in like Grand Rapids, Michigan at Calvin College. And I remember sitting there and like the conference was like art professor after art professor getting up and like reading a paper about mm. how important they, what they were doing and all of this. And I just remember after a few hours, just like looking around and I was like, I'm sorry, is this an arts conference? Where, where, <laughs> where are the weirdos? You know, like, right. <laughs> where is like the Doc Brown from Back to the Futures? Like, hi, right. I, I, you know, I, made this, <laughs> I made this stuff in my garage and here it is, you know? And cause I right. was like, cause I'm a creative because I'm a haunted person. Like things come to me and they're like, make me. And I'm like, I can't, I'm driving right now. And they're like, make me or we'll go away. And I'm like, okay, fine, I'll pull over. And like, I just, I feel like I'm just releasing the haunting. And I realized in that moment, I was like, oh, this is the same way I feel about being in the religion I'm in, is that it's mm. spending so much time talking about how true it is. And this little, oh, and, and it forgot, like, aren't we just a bunch of, I was like, where's the weirdos? Don't get me yeah. wrong. Religion is the one place where weirdos are allowed to join. But like, I was like, you know, aren't we together? Because like, did, you know, don't when we get together and like, didn't you have some, like, didn't you have that weird experience and you don't quite know what to do with it? Isn't that why you're here too? Like, right. you know, and then I started looking in all our ancient and sacred texts and I was like oh this is all stories of weirdos who found themselves in life and then something happened to them that they can't explain and they're trying to make sense of it yeah. and so that's it was that moment in obscurity it was like this is the kind mm -hmm. I want to do in the world and I began setting about that which has brought me mm -hmm. to your podcast today Hmm. Yeah, I love how love you started. So first of all, I know it's a good book. The book is Say Yes. yes. And I know that it's a good book when I'm like finding my husband and following him around and like reading. Right. Oh, oh, that's hey, awesome. listen to I this. Yeah. <laughs> so I did that within the first two pages. Me too. I'm like following him around because I'm like, I think this is um, for those who don't know, listen, my husband's a pastor. So mm -hmm. um, I'm like, I just feel like there's so much of this. It's in your your wheelhouse that you need to read. But I yeah. love how you talked about that in the book about, hey, about how we are a little bit more than our carefully defined spaces allow us to be. Yeah. And I think that that fits, I mean, certainly in, in the context that you're talking about in the church, yeah. but I think that fits like, that's just so life. Many, that's just yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's many that we just say, okay, here's my here's yeah. my box. Yeah. And and this is this is kind of my space. Yeah. And and you're just man, you're just so much more than that, those yeah. defined spaces. Right. And we talk about that a ton on the podcast. You know, it's like and in I think it's on I, look, I have notes on page um sixty five. <laughs> You talk about unknowing, <laughs> unknowing yeah. your narrative. And we yeah. talk about that kind of thing a lot. Like you're, 
you really are only as limited, you know, as as you allow yourself to be, you know, yeah, and in the yeah. box that we build for ourselves. Um, and we certainly talk about that a ton with creativity and um, and dreaming. Yeah. I want to hear you talk about a little bit like the moment that you, because here's the thing. I knew I was going to like it. Yeah. Obviously, the cover's awesome. But discover the tagline at the bottom, discover the surprising life beyond the death of a dream. Yeah. Because I have had many deaths of many dreams, you know, yeah. in life yeah. and work. Yeah. And so it's real and it's and it's it's this vague, it's almost like how can you tell someone who feels so hopeless and deflated, defeated, that yeah. they can keep moving. So anyway, tell us. If you don't mind, I mean, I know you don't want to give too much away out of the book, but about your your moment where you realized that you you did have a death of a dream, I guess. Yeah. Um, my publisher specifically said, you can't tell all these people on podcasts everything about the book. Right. So <laughs> right. I'm just going to make a pact with you yeah. that I'm going to share some good stuff, but you'll promise at least to go look at it. Um, That's right. I, the way that, so this the the poignant death of a dream that happened to me was something that I wasn't in charge of, which was what was yeah. surprising. I noticed like I was, I just put my kids to bed one night and I walked out of the room and I realized I was crying and it wasn't yeah. because we had a magical bedtime story time. Yeah, It was something different and I couldn't stop crying. And I made yeah. my way to this like little bathroom that the only bathroom in our house was this little tiny bathroom. And I sat on the toilet and I just wept for like an hour and yeah, I didn't know what was happening, but with some time away from that, I realized that what was happening is that I would describe as like a dream was dying in me, that there had been yeah. some dream that I had had for a long time. And somehow, you know, our bodies cue us in on things that we don't mm-hmm. aren't aware of. And like physiologically and psychologically, oh, absolutely. <laughs> my body was like, hey, that's not going to happen. And, yeah. it, and it was like grieving the loss of that. Yeah. And here's where this is like the secret you know, the book is about providing practices to keep going. So, um, but the, the main point for me, when I would say, and I define what a dream is, a dream can be Mm -hmm. lots of different things for us, but I was like, here's, I think what the main point was, was, is, uh, is that like, when we experience whenever, whatever our dream is a scenario, uh, Mm -hmm. a, a vacation, a house, an object, a thing, whatever, when we imagine ourselves in that scenario, we only imagine ourselves without vulnerabilities Mm -hmm. we never imagine Mm -hmm. our dreams never involve us with our weaknesses or a relationship with our limitations vulnerability isn't necessarily your weaknesses and limitations it's your relationship how do you feel about having those things yeah because when we imagine starting our dream business we don't imagine like well i might have to get somebody to invest in me and Mm -hmm. and they could be a kooky investor and we might have a weird relationship or i imagine myself finishing a marathon but I don't mm-hmm. ever imagine like I had to do eight months of physical therapy because I'm in my forties and my knees don't yeah. work anymore. Like the, yeah. like what I'm saying is like a dream is some kind of projected idea of where I think I would be and it would make me right. feel better. Um, but I'm saying is like the calculated, the way that you're calculating how to get there is, is a way in which that is impossible because it it doesn't involve your vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. And I would say that the way forward, because I think underneath the dream is a deeper desire that's calling. Mm -hmm. And this is what is talked about in the book is like, no, no, you're being invited to something, but the way it's, you're going to get there and what it's going to look like is, 
involve having to embrace your the the places yeah. in you that you have weaknesses and limitations. Yeah. I we we were just talking about this before we got on here, but like, you know, I have a toddler on a tablet in the back room. I have two kids yeah. at school right now. Um, often in my narrative about being an artist, I'm like, and I have heard an artist that I really love say, and he's single and not married, doesn't have kids. And he's like, if you want to be a great artist, don't ever have children. And he yeah. might be right. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I like frustrate on this and often butt up against that, like, oh, it's so much to take care of you. But it, <laughs> my, my little pivot is like, like, they're not in the way they are. That's the right. Way. Yeah. And, and like, so my vulnerability is, is like, yeah, I am a dad yeah. and I have kids. I got to take, I have lives. I have to make yeah. meals and change diapers. I've already two diapers in today, yeah. you know? And like, I, but that, it, what am I saying is like, I, if I can't be an artist because I have other responsibilities, like, is that it? It's only, you know, what yeah. are the, what are the narratives I'm telling myself? What are the realities yeah. I have to find myself? I have, this is the way in which I'm going through. I think really the invitation is to go, what we think is I have to be something else to get started. And it's like, yeah. actually right where you're at now mm. is the way through to the, the desire that's calling your name. Yeah. And that yeah. could be a, and that's a painful conversation. Don't get me wrong. I've had a lot yeah. of glasses of whiskey about uh, over that painful <laughs> conversation. Right. I'm just saying like, that's the only it way is I know real. to go through. Yeah. 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 No, that's so good. I, and I think, and we've talked about this some in that like, you, you have this vision of being, you know, okay, I want to be a writer. Mm -hmm. And then that vision is I'm, I'm sitting in this quiet room with like all the time in the world to write. And, and it's just, it's just really, not and that. I, <laughs> right. And then I get this book and it's just, and I think so many people end up in that. Okay. I got where I want to be, but this yeah. isn't what I thought it was going to yeah, be place. Absolutely. And you hear those stories again yeah. and again, like, man, I was on a Super Bowl winning team yeah. and it wasn't what I thought it was going right. to be. Or I was in the Olympics and it wasn't what I thought yeah. it was going to be. Or my book was published and this is not how I thought it was going to mm -hmm. feel. Yeah. So I think that, man, so like what a, what an important message. I think especially in this day and age oh, yeah. where it's like, man, aren't we all like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, perpetually like on our toes and ready to be disappointed yes. because we're not sure what's going to happen next. In the yeah, world. for sure. For sure. But you're right. I mean, I don't know if you got to that part in the book, but like I talk about my book before this is a Advent meditation. Uh, but I remember the day that book came out last year, I felt excitement. I felt sadness. I felt mm. um, anticipation. I felt vulnerability. I felt depressed. And it's so mm. funny, like, how do you feel depressed on the day the book came out? And it was like, part of it is like being seen and whatever. I mean, if it was in like every airport bookstore and stuff, it'd be like, well, that feels yeah. pretty good. But I think <laughs> also, I think also yeah. the thing is like, the real disappointment is like, oh, this doesn't fill the lack either. Right. And, and, and that is the whole like trajectory that you think you're on is that you need to sidestep that. And yeah, you're mm -hmm. right. Celebrity after celebrity or a successful person in whatever field yeah. you want to be in after a successful person will go, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't fill you the way you think it's mm -hmm. going to do. So no. what is filling? And I would yeah. say, um, I was just talking to a friend on the phone before I called you or got on this podcast, but I was saying, cause I was dealing with my own stuff today. And mm -hmm. um, one of the practices that's really helped me is to imagine, okay, say you're going to go on a road trip, uh, but you 
found out that you weren't going to be able to make it to the destination on that road trip, right. how would that change the kind of road trip you'd go on? Well, right. what you would do is you'd go, I want to go on a road trip that the journey is just as fun as getting to the destination. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something we can apply to our own lives. Yeah. Um, we can, we can go, I definitely like want to, I, I have a tangible thing that I'd like to get to. I would like to get there, but we can be open-handed and be like, but if that doesn't work or that yeah. doesn't come about that way, that still sounds like the funnest journey to head towards. How fun yeah. would it be to like learn that along the way? Like mm -hmm. me personally, um, as a kind of a newbie performing <laughs> artist, the uh the the place i want to go to is there's a thing called the fringe festival in edinburgh scotland it's like the biggest mm -hmm. theater festival yep. in the world mm -hmm. and i'm just like that's where i want to try to get to yeah. and because but even if i don't and even if i got there and people hated what i did i mm -hmm. which would, i would be fine with but even like but i'm like <laughs> but what, that sounds like an interesting journey to go on because there's so yeah. like how do you do it and then like would I have to crowdfund? Would I would have the money? Who would invest in mm -hmm. that? How would I develop? What would it be like being there? Who would I meet? You know, I'm just like, even if it didn't work out where everybody was like, bravo, Scott, you're the best at what you do. And right, I feel right. so good about myself. <laughs> That's not going to happen. But that sounds like an interesting journey that I'd like to go on. I think we can think about our lives like that. Um, yeah. Is like, you know, you kind of want to go somewhere, but maybe just let go of the concrete tangibles and like, but go, yeah. but this is the path that I would like to walk towards. Oh, you're that's, speaking that's, our stuff. We right. talk about that all the time because like, I know you, <laughs> right, raising my hands. It? The how same, frame it? same way. I mean, you know, for me, it's like we talk about, especially with work, you know, cause most people that are listening are creatives or they're creative business owners. Um, yeah. You know, what if you just did something you enjoyed in the meantime? You know, what if what if it doesn't pan out? So, you know, for me, my dream, and I, I've said this all the time on the podcast, so sorry for those of you guys who have heard it, but, you know, I, I want, like, I want a number one New York Times bestseller that, like, changes stuff. Totally. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Um, but the deal is, is that may or may not, that may or may not be where I wind up. So yeah. I better be in the meantime building a life I love. I better be writing and enjoying it and sharing it. And as I write and share, paying attention to what it does do right now in my yeah. present life for me and yeah. for the people who are reading, you yeah. know, and following. Yeah. Same yeah. thing with the art, you know. Uh -huh. um, it's so funny that we're all kind of author artists anyway but um you know yeah it, we talk about it a lot like you've got to it may not look exactly like you you have pictured in your mind and so much of the time that's what gets in the way of even getting there you know yeah, yeah. um because there's I, too many guardrails you know yeah, yeah. I, I think i think failure is twofold one is um and i'm will fumble along together. I don't fully know how to say yeah. this to where it becomes like <laughs> quoted in like a tweet right. or something, but like <laughs> there's the failure you can feel, which is like, oh, I didn't, I didn't accomplish what I hoped to do. That's, yeah. that's one side of it. But there's this other failure, which is um, how I would describe it as like, but I, I, we spend a lot of time imagining like not accomplishing what I hope to do, but we never spend a lot of time imagining like like the worst versions of ourselves where we're like, yeah. 
well, at least I'm not doing that. Like our lives tend to go yeah. like somewhere in between and kind of like, thank God that like we don't always get what we hope for because yeah. that might actually be too little for what you're being invited yeah. to enter into. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe it's a blessing to not get what you could mm-hmm. imagine because maybe there's actually a larger capacity that you're mm-hmm. going to enter into that was nothing you could ever imagine. Right. Um, because along that journey, you meet somebody or some kind of thing happens. Yeah. Like you look at everybody's story. It's like, it's the thing that I wasn't anticipating that then yeah. piv- pivoted me to do the work I found deeply meaningful. Mm-hmm. And I, my suggestion, and maybe I don't say it exactly in this book, but kind of, I say like transformation is twofold. Like you can dedicate yourself yeah. to eating habits, exercise habit, reading habits, learning habits, mm-hmm. kindness habits, whatever, and develop a transformation but there's another part of transformation which is a bit more mystical and spiritual which is like stuff is going to happen to you that you're yeah. not in charge of and i would like to say providence and benevolence is the orchestrator underneath those things bringing you into something that you hoped you could be like mm-hmm. when we whisper in our beds at night we go I'd like to offer something meaningful to the world. Mm-hmm. I'd like you to use my life, whoever's out there. We don't know what kind of cosmic strategies are starting to be put into play. No. Like if anybody of us listening here have ever gone like, I'd like my life to be meaningful. I would like to say, to submit to you that the giver of your life begins orchestrating those things. It might take a decade. Mm-hmm. It might take 20 yeah. years. Yeah. But those are the things could we, that I, I think the spiritual practice is like continue, like being open yeah. to how that's going to, in ways that I'm not in charge of. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. but what I can be in charge of is like, take the daily steps in yeah. that direction. And my desire, which is, which I talk a lot about, my desire mm-hmm. is the, is the lamppost that's kind of showing me the trajectory I need to go. And that's yeah. what we need to pay attention to. Yeah. yeah. And enjoy it. And enjoy you it. Know? Yes. Yeah. Mic drop. You know, that like, was, because that was all me, so good. Because I agree with you. Like, I would love to be a number one, at least make the New yeah. York Times bestseller. Oh my gosh. Right. That is a. We all, if we, everyone. the three of us could just be there together, right. that's just yes. top, top three. But I just wonder if, like, what do I expect that to do for me? Right. Or, or is it the process of right. doing the work that prepares me for whatever that does right. for me? You know? Yes. It's a lot of like, it's a vanity metric. Yeah. Really. I it mean, totally it does, it, totally it does give you some like, okay, there's, that was there's an like accomplishment yeah. right. and, and all that. Cause I, I know I just, I just went through that as well. Yes. Like, in, in the, it'd be in, really cool to make a bestseller list. Right. It would just be so cool. Totally, yeah. Totally. But, but it didn't, you know, I didn't make the New York Times bestseller list, but it's an obscure topic, so it's you know not likely right. to anyway. But then the but, added um, pressure with that is like, well, let's see if their follow up book is any good, right? <laughs> right. And you have that. Well, and she, we talk, she, yeah, she only, had, she only had one hit in her, uh, you know, yeah, 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 yes, that, that we talk about that. it all the time, like yeah. you. You, mm. you'd blow past, even if that's like the biggest drink, you're still gonna blow right past it. Yeah. It's, you're not gonna wake up and be a different human. Yeah. You're going to probably like celebrate it somewhat, but then you're immediately gonna be seeking the next thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Shauna, here's a good example of this. So, Shauna, you probably don't know this. But Shauna <laughs> shot a pilot episode of a yeah. TV show yeah. for HGTV. Congratulations. 
Oh, thanks. Which was it was years ago. Yeah. Now this oh. this was years ago. Yes. <laughs> but I think that there are so many people who like that's their dream. They want to right. be on a pilot episode yeah. of a TV show. So what did that do for your life? Right. Nothing. <laughs> Besides, a, besides, like a was it a funny? I mean, it's a byline. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it was a cool experience, cool you know. To to yeah, you yeah. know, I learned sort of how that works, what that would look like. I definitely learned that I would not want to do that full time, having small children <laughs> yes. at the time, yep. because yep. I was uh, eighteen hours a day in front of a camera. So totally, you know, it's totally. not feasible. Um, but you know, yeah, I just feel like that each. There's no, there's no pinnacle that's ever really high enough, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. There's just not, uh, and I think that that's why we say all the time, like, be building something you love, be on yeah. the path that, yeah. like you said, w- that sounds interesting, that sounds mm-hmm. engaging, fulfilling, yeah. um, because you don't know where it's going to lead you, and yeah. if you. Um, if you've got set in your mind that like, oh, I do this one thing and then I'm going to be fill in the blank. It's just a, it's a trap. It's not really going to happen. There is no arriving here, you know? Um, So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it looks, man, especially people who don't understand how television's made, like don't get it that it's like, you're seeing a polished edited version, but there is so much cut time. It's totally, I do some video production. I'm just like, it's not what you think it is. But it can be if I'm glad I'm glad you had that experience. Oh, I got, it was fun. In my yeah. life, I got a I got a chance to be on a like a six week bus tour with a band. Uh-huh. And that was a really fun experience. But I definitely in the middle of Indiana, all by myself, was like, <laughs> oh, I get why people do drugs. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> right. right. There's a misery to it too. Yeah. And an totally. And, and I was like, I don't want to live a life like this, this. way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even it's now right. how I'm like beginning touring again I used to do these like four or five days out and come back and I'm just like "Mm," with my kids and Mm -hmm. stuff I think I'm just gonna go for like one night and come back like just yeah it's that's not yeah because those because then you have to go what's what what have I found is the most valuable things in my life right Mm -hmm. because my dream or this thing I thought I wanted when I was younger now that I'm doing I'm like "Mm, yeah but priorities changed and it's not all that and you know Right. Oh, no. I um, television acclaims. I got to be. I was on The Prices, right? Uh, I was a <gasps> contestant. And, How fun! Uh, with, Did you win a car? I lost the car, but Uh-oh. I. <laughs> I was with in 1999. I was with Bob Barker. Oh lo- my goodness! I lost the Cadillac, but I went and spun the wheel. I won the wheel spin. I went to the showcase showdown. And I, I did not bid correctly, but my uh, person I was competing against overbid. So I won by default. So I won. Oh my goodness. So I've won the prices, right? Right. I've, Uh, I've, I've I've lived all your game show fantasies. (laughs) (laughs) Was it everything you thought it would be? Right. It was. It was. was. It was. was, And it was unexpected. The one thing in life. Right. That that is. is No, it was. (laughs) You go on the prices, right? It was amazing because my experience, you know, from like junior high and then in surprisingly uh was like watching the show and going i've always wanted to do all these things and yeah. i got to kind of do them but there was all these surprises like they take out you know when they open those janky doors this set yeah. is so janky but like <laughs> on television you don't hear it go no. dunk, 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 yeah. when they open it up um <laughs> even standing in contest 
contestants row or, or no, sorry in uh like up at the top you know it's like the two contestants the final contestants um you know it looks all glittery on the outside but it's just blank plywood yeah. and like wires <laughs> hanging out it's very <laughs> very like garage sale construction. looks awesome <laughs> yeah you're like this is what's on cps oh my right. gosh no <laughs> That's no, but it was, it, was, oh, it, was, awesome. it was it was everything. That's probably my greatest accomplishment that will happen in my life. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> what a what a fun thing. Um, I so I do have a question yeah. for you. Um, and obviously the answer, the top answer is you need to just buy the book and read the book. That's right, but you do. The second answer, in a nutshell, to this question, what would you say to someone who is like in the depths of that, like? The, the death of a dream, it just happened, or, or the death of something, it's like the end of something yeah. in their life. And yeah. what kind of what's your advice to them other than just go read the book? That's going to help you out yes, a lot. Yes, it is. But what would your advice be to someone listening who's kind of in that place? Yeah, and that's very kind. And I, uh, you know, I know I have a job to do to promote a book, but I just like let's just yeah let's just talk as people I, I mean like the book is just a collected guide of thoughts yeah. and images that help you along the way and it fleshes out a lot of deeper questions that come along with these questions but for those yeah. who are listening I, i'm pretty certain i would put some hard cash down on the table and bet that all of us all of you listening right now mm-hmm. experience some kind of death in the, of the dream since april 2020 um sure. somehow like life didn't turn out the way you hoped it would, your plans didn't, you didn't turn out the way you would. Like how mm-hmm. uh, there, like all of us are kind of finding ourselves on the other side of something going, I can't go back to who I was not that long mm-hmm. ago. And um, that's really unpalpable in some ways. And it's painful yeah. and hard. My, there's a couple questions and that are in the book. One is, and this happened to me kind of in that obscurity time, which it was just, I asked this self a lot, which asked myself this a lot, which is what is the only conversation I can have by being here? Like mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. So we often can find ourselves in a spot that feels very uncomfortable and we don't want to be in, but the way that I mm-hmm. pivot that or refocus it is go, well, what does this uncomfortability or this space allow me to have? What's the conversation that allows yeah. me to have? which could be like, do I like how I'm doing everything? Do I have to do it this way? Do you know, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people looked at their careers when they were forced to take Mm -hmm. time off or forced to leave and they just said, I've been running that, running that janky treadmill of, of achievement Mm -hmm. for a long time. Now that I'm off, do I even want to do that again? Is there like right. another way to do things? So the gift of finding yourself in an uncomfortable place is you can go, you can have a different conversation. That's what it affords. Yeah. It allows you to go, well, what's the only one I can have by being here? Mm-hmm. And then I, I would say, and this is the last section of the book, um, which is what you get on the other side of a death of a dream is you get different eyes to see everything. Mm-hmm. Every death of a dream offers yep. you the chance to see, which is a bit what we we're saying earlier or in like a different conversation, but uh, a new perspective. I like to say resurrection eyes. I have like a, an image of, it's kind of weird, but in the book of like, it's a person, it's like a, a, a bust of a head. It's very generic, but mm-hmm. the eyes are cocoon and there's like a butterfly coming out of the eyes, which mm-hmm. is like what happens on the other side of a death is like, you see everything differently 
that's yeah. the that's the gift of being on the other side and so then also apply that it's like well what is there a way that I am I seeing everything differently now like now mm -hmm. that I'm not now that that didn't happen what does this allow me to do how does this allow yeah. me to see I, I I think it's it's it, it's fine to talk about what was the death of a dream that's fine I do think the helpful next step is to go well what am I able to do now because that happened to me mm -hmm. um and that is where I think the, yeah. the unique invitation, this comes back to this, like you're being transformed in a way that you're not in charge of. Yeah. Can't, so how could you say yes to the transformation that's happening and, and then maybe start to be open to what that is, how that change is happening to you and, and right. what that allows you to do and what that allows you to see the connections that you'd never thought were there. Um, yeah I, yeah, I have this like little uh, parable or story, I don't know, whatever it's called of like this, this ship, it, it's in the book, which is like mm -hmm. the ship goes on this journey and it think it has this big purpose and stuff and then it gets wrecked. And then because of its wreckage, other ships that got wrecked on the journey find it and they ask if they can stay a while to heal. And this mm -hmm. ship, this wrecked ship becomes this like, gift to all these other ships and mm -hmm. then at the end the ship is like oh it was really unforeseen but like actually this is what I'm doing is very fulfilling helping all these other people and it was only because of my being wrecked that I was able to yeah. care for other wrecked ships and then the ship goes I wonder if this was the purpose all along right but, you know and and that is that's just a reframing of something that's been talked about a lot uh Henry now and who's a great writer said uh it's it's surprisingly from our wounds that we become wounded healers it's mm -hmm. the places that we were most vulnerable is the places we end up connecting and helping other people yeah. so like you're probably the place you're going to bring the most light into the world is the places you've experienced the most dark that is the surprise yeah. of it all and um i think just if you find yourself in a really painful and uncomfortable spot right now just you're not done. You're just in the middle of a, of a, yes. good, of a story that has really crappy parts, like all stories do. That's um, right. You're part of this great cloud of witnesses of human beings since the beginning of time who found themselves in uncomfortable places. And I, yeah. I just think that you're not done yet. And, yeah. uh, but, but you are, but you can turn off yourself. And, and I, and, uh, and I think that is the, the great, um, I don't know, I just, I, I had a friend who turned off her life in the spring. And, you know, when mm. we, when we say, I don't want to be here anymore, that usually mm. is a conversation you're having by yourself. And yeah. um, if you, I think, you know, and obviously like taking your own life is, and that this book is like, it, it right at the beginning is like, look, death is on a spectrum. You can, mm -hmm. you can still be alive and die. Like I have a, I have a family member who just has watched five hours of TV every night for 30, yeah. 40 years. And now they're yeah. towards the end of their life. And they're like, I wish I hadn't wasted all that time, you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, because you were dealing with some trauma that you weren't dealing, you weren't dealing with it. You were yeah. just numbing out and, and you wasted it. And I, mm -hmm. uh, what I, but so you can die while you're still living. But you yes. can also just go, I don't even want to be here no more. And this book is a bit, it's not about suicide, but it is like, hey, this is on the spectrum of giving up. And it's to say, like, I think the antidote to suicide isn't like a pep talk. The antidote is letting um, 
letting yourself or others know who are in that conversation that you're not alone in feeling really crappy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. people who are contemplating suicide are, are in a conversation with pain that they're only keeping to themselves. And the antidote mm-hmm. to suicide is to go, you're not, your pain is your pain, but to be people, sane. But yeah, yeah. It, it's like, let it tell us about your pain. If you give people a chance to talk about their pain, it takes away such that, you know, because then they go, I'm not alone in this. You felt that too. Well, how did you mm-hmm. make it out of it? You know, and mm-hmm. like, this is where the new eyes or the new conversations can happen. Um, the yeah. path and the, the, it's interesting, the strategies for giving up on yourself and the strategies for not giving up on yourself are exactly the same. There, yeah. mm-hmm. There's one, one pitches you that you're the problem and you need to get out of the way. And then the other one pitches and says, you just need to, uh, you just need to like I use a religious term but resurrection it's like you need to let this die so something new can be born you want to start over again that's great let all of this die that is not working anymore and let's let's let and then let's accept the gift of new eyes and new conversations and 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 go a different direction maybe this is the gift that's getting you to the thing so that's that's so it's very layered you know this when people ask me about this book I'm like uh it's like a you know it's like (laughs) from my journey as a creative, it's like, it's helping you with creative process. It's also like asking a deeper existential question of like, well, why, yeah. you know, like, yeah. yeah, because I, because I think of like, I think a trope in there, as I say, is like when in my own journey of like learning how to deal with severe depression and suicidal ideation, yeah. a therapist was like, you got to start an exercise habit. And I was like, great. So yeah. I started running, but on one of those runs, I was like, well, why the hell am I running? Yeah, <laughs> You might, I might feel better, but eventually I'm going to bump up a like, well, what is the purpose of all of this anyways? I think right. in like some of the promo copy or it's in the book, I go, we all understand life is a miracle, but how come the miracle sucks so much right. at times? And right. then if there's a giver of that miracle, do they have anything to say about, right. not, about the suckiness? <laughs> like, that's what I want to know. Right. And so it, it's, it's discussing a little bit about that, but like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was a lot of answer for where we find. <laughs> well, it was it was perfect. It, no, it was great. So, so good. good, though. Even speaking to just some stuff for myself, yeah. like just mm-hmm. personally, I'm like, oh, this is this is just really good stuff. So mm-hmm. it's so funny. This whole time you've been talking about this, your your toddler has gotten off yes. the tablet and is back, back there, there, like <laughs> standing on a coffee table as as a mom of boys. I'm like, is he gonna jump off? Right. Is what's he, what's the, gonna happen? That's right. Climbing. <laughs> Playing with Play-Doh, watching something, and eating a muffin all at the same yeah. time. Yeah, man. <laughs> On top of climbing. Good, mul- good multitasker. <laughs> it's table. wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. So- we'll let you go so you can, like, supervise right. all of those activities <laughs> happening. But um, but I just really appreciate I your thoughtfulness. Too. And, we could and talk just- to you for hours. I know. Let's I know. do it again. It's Let's do fun. it again. We I know. We make a podcast. I, yeah. Let's just chat. Yeah. Just Let's just chat. Time. Where I'm really can I ask where I'm where sorry, are all based? Where are you are you in different spots or by each other? We are okay. We are. I'm we in are. Alabama, the magic as you can tell. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, it. and I'm in I'm in Minnesota. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. But we've been friends for over ten years, yeah. and yeah, just through the internet. That's right. I love it. Just, right. just, I love it. What know? a great way to just kind of keep a connection going. That's so. Fun. I know. Yeah. So we do a podcast just because it makes. We make sure that we talk right. every week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we have mics in front of our faces and people listening Honestly, to us. Honestly, but... that's probably the only thing, only reason I'd want to start a podcast is just right. to like yeah. bring other people in on a conversation yes. we're already having. That's right. That's oh, I love it. It's fun. And having having guests are the that's best. Great. Yeah. So great. the book is Say Yes. It comes oh. out January 25th. Is it there an audio book? There is. I'm yeah. Sure. And I'm the reader of yeah. it. Uh, oh, good. Awesome. Yeah. I found out like. 90% of authors don't read their own books because the audio guy was telling me like, it's really hard actually. Yeah. It's really hard. It's in, so I read my own it's audio book easy. and I'm like, I'm like sweating afterwards. Right. I'm like, it's intense Exhausted. having to like, when you're doing it, you're it, like, yeah. do I even know how to read? Like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, you're like, I'm like, will you please tell me if my voice is really annoying? Oh, right. Nobody's going to yeah. want to listen. Can you please tell me yeah. that? But they, they do a good job uh, processing it and everything. Yeah. But anyway, That's great. Um, so we do ask everybody one final yes. question, and that is, what's your favorite creative tool that you use for your creative work? Mm. Wow, that's a tremendous question. I love it. Oh, so I sent in, I don't know if Robin prepped you for that question, because usually we prep people because it's like, gosh, I don't There's know. So I love many. all my supplies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do yeah. I like picking a favorite child <laughs> so if on the spot and it can be anything we do everything from pens and notebooks to yeah. electronic devices uh-huh. and all of that it's, oh it's inside oh. that's great my son put play-doh inside a rocket ship <laughs> oh, I can, no i can pick one of the many things that i use um yeah Go you know it. the i always carry a sketch pad with me always mm-hmm. so um and look, I use an iPad Pro and I use Illustrator. I mm-hmm. use all the I use all the technology things, but probably my favorite thing is having um, a real analog versus digital yeah. place. There's just something mm-hmm. about first dabs, like first sketches. Like often it's like yeah. first idea. I actually know a designer here in Austin named James Victoria. He's really great, but he he has just learned to never do more than one thing. So he's just like always yeah. first go. He just takes it. Cause yeah. often I'll like try first drawing and then I'll do second, third, try to make it better. And then I'll come and be like, man, but that first one was, there's something about that, that yeah. just, there's something there with it. So, yeah. and you can't do that on a tablet. So I always have a sketch pad so I can do that. And then I can take that and then trace it and hopefully translate a bit of that energy yeah. that was there. So that's like, yeah. that's like one of my most helpful creative. I love that. Yeah. That's a good analog, one. Just back to, back basics. to basics. Just mm-hmm. graphite on a piece of paper. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for yes. joining us. Scott. It was, it was awesome. I appreciate your so, attention and care to my work too. And that's, I feel really humbled oh, and yeah. honored by it today. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, you can find Scott at Scott the painter mm-hmm. on Instagram. You'll just want to follow him. Like just it's, Google it, him. I think, <laughs> And find him in all the places. Got the right. Yes. Yeah. And you follow him and then the book is say yes. And you'll want to get that. Yes, too, you so. will. So thanks so much for joining us, Scott. We'll have to have you back again. And we'll see you guys next time on the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Creative Exponent podcast. Our original theme was written by a Walker Spring and recorded by Ellie Swope and Johan Wagner. And if you like the Creative Exponent, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us at www.thecreativeexponent.com. And you can also send us an email at hello at creativeexponent.com.